0: Healthy relationships matter. Whole relationships matter. In fact, what God desperately wants is people who are living in harmony with one another in relationships. That's really what this whole series is going to be about. How is it that we live in whole, healthy, honest to goodness, harmony sorts of relationships that that God is working in us to produce? Whole relationships, healthy relationships matter. Open up your Bible, Uh, Matthew chapter 5. There's a Bible in front of you. Turn to page 678, Matthew chapter 5. Healthy relationships matter. I'm going to begin reading in verse 21. You have heard that it was said. You've heard that it was said to people long ago, Do not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to his brother, Raka is answerable to the Sanhedrin. But anyone who says, You fool! Will be in danger of the fires of hell. Therefore, if you're offering a gift at the altar and and there you remember that your brother has something against you, uh, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother, then come back and offer your gift. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you're still with him on the way, or he may hand you over to the judge, and the judge may hand you over to the officer, and you may be thrown into prison. And I tell you the truth. You will not get out until you have paid every last penny. Uh, I was uh, not quite a year into this whole adventure called marriage. Actually, I think maybe it was like two weeks in. And uh, we were in our new apartment, and, um, and we needed a towel rack hung. And so I, I, I was in the bathroom and it was one of these, uh, it mounts to the wall. It was really kind of very stylish at the time. And, and so there I am and uh, I'm hanging this towel rack in the bathroom and uh, you know I'm marking everything out, and I had to put uh, I have to put little wall anchors in because there was only one stud over here, and, and and so I had to put wall anchors on this side over here, and and in uh, putting one of those wall anchors in, it was in the bathroom, but they didn't put like uh, some of you will get this, it's, it's, they didn't put green rock in there, so the 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 drywall in that particular spot became very soft. So I went to put the anchor in, and it just kind of poked the hole bigger. So I filled the hole and got it all nice and sanded up, and then I went to to put everything in, and my bride, two weeks in, three weeks in, a month in, it doesn't even matter, she looks at the project that I'm actually very proud of, and she goes, you know my dad wouldn't have done it that way. Now, if you know me, you know I have this terrible drive for excellence. I want to be an excellent dad. I want to be an excellent preacher. I want to be an excellent teacher. I I, I want to do things with excellence. I want to hang towel racks with excellence. And so in that moment, in that moment, I was so hurt. I was so hurt by the fact that All I could hear when she said, well, my dad wouldn't have done it that way, all I could hear was, you're not good enough. And I was angry. My hurt led me to be angry. Have you ever had a friendship? And you're close friends and you go out and do stuff together and... And, uh, and, and you enjoy hanging out with one another. But one day, one day you, you're on social media. You're on Facebook, you're on Twitter, and, and you find out that that friend that you do a lot of things with, they're hanging out with another friend. And they didn't even invite you along. They're going to a movie. They're going to a ball game. They're going to go hang out. And nobody called you. And you're kind of sad about that. And in fact, your sadness leads you to be angry. Oh yeah? Next time you do invite me? I'm saying no just because I can. I'm I'm angry with you. Have you ever, parents, been in the grocery store... And your kid, your lovely child, the one that you prayed for to come into this world, healthy and well, that one, they're sitting in the cart. And for whatever reason, they choose right now to like melt down, right? Right? They are like a nuclear facility in meltdown mode, and the sirens are going off, and they are absolutely losing it in the store, and you are angry. And you're angry because this causes you a great deal of embarrassment. Because when when kids lose it in a public place, all that you can think of as a parent is, people are looking at me people are looking at me why don't you stop that kid from doing that thing and the truth is that, that everybody's going up oh, been there but all you feel is embarrassment i got to get my kid out of here and then and then when you get back in the car oh the kid gets it right you were and you are angry you ever been angry at work Uh, You have people, and you work hard, but you have people that work with you, and and you're their boss. Maybe you're their colleague. You find that sometimes you work harder than they do, and and that's frustrating. And not only do you find that you work really hard, and sometimes they don't, uh, but sometimes when it's your turn to make the call, to make the decision, they don't like it. And not only does that frustrate you, but sometimes when they don't like the decision, they just go over you. And you have this this desire for significance. And when someone goes over your head to the boss above you to try and get a decision changed that you had the authority to change, it really irks you. And you are so Frustrated by that. No, no. And that frustration shows up in your anger. In your marriage, in your work, in your parenting, with your friends. Anger can show up, can it? It can show up like a cold shoulder. Nobody can do cold shoulder better than me, right? I'm going to show you what cold shoulder is all about. I can get in the car and drive for hours without saying a word. You want to sit down to dinner with me? Fine. Let's sit. I'm not going to say anything. You get into bed that night with your spouse. Roll over. With your friends. You're hanging out. You're so angry, but... Every time they come by, nope, got something going on. You like makeup stuff that you're doing so that you can post it on social media so that your friends will know how busy you really are. Oh, anger can show up in all sorts of different ways, can't it? But this morning, this morning we battle for whole, healthy relationships. In fact, this text that, uh, that we're going to dig into, uh, Jesus is-, is saying that we have to battle our way through anger so that we can get to healthy and whole relationships. And He's going to instruct us on how to get to that root of anger by talking about healthy relationships. And He's going to talk about this idea of righteousness that's not just a gift to us, but it's an obligation because of our relationship with Jesus. Jesus is going to say about righteousness in verse 20. He's going to say, For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. Unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, now, now we need a little background there. There was the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. And, and, and in basic, their idea of righteousness was really, really good behavior. If I just do all the right things at the right times for the right reason, everything will go well. And in the end, I'll, I'll be entered Into the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus comes along and he says, No, that's not right at all. You see, the Pharisees and the teacher of the law, how many of you have like, uh, uh, you know, you go to the restaurant and you have a little punch card? Anybody? You have like, you know, one of those punch cards and it's like, uh, if you get 10 punches, you get a free sub. Nobody knows what I'm talking about. Okay. Sometimes there's these little punch cards that you get at a restaurant and they'll say, hey, if you come back over and over and over again, if you buy 10, we'll give you the 11th one free. And we feel like this is great. And that's kind of how the Pharisees and the teachers approached righteousness. Hey, if I do 10 punches of righteousness, then in the end, at the 11th punch, I'm going to get a free sub. I'm going to be welcomed into eternal dwellings. And Jesus goes, no, no, absolutely not. Let me tell you, it's not about punch card righteousness with me. And let it sink in what Jesus is saying. He's giving an entrance requirement for what it takes to come into heaven. This is the, the, this is, these are words uh, from the Son of God. And He is saying, hey, hey, if you insist on punch card righteousness if you insist on behavior or behaviorism then the end for you is no entrance you got to have something deeper and so Jesus Jesus is aiming Jesus is aiming at healthy relationships Uh, Jesus is aiming at the source of our life. He's aiming at the core of our being. Uh, he's uh, He's aiming at the very heart of our decision making. And He's saying, that kind of righteousness is the kind of righteousness that I'm looking for. I'm looking for something more than behaviorism. I'm looking for you To give me your entire heart. And, and, And get this, get this. It's from the inside out. It's from the inside out. He's saying, I want to shape your character. I want to form you spiritually. I want to disciple you into becoming more like me. And that's not a simple punch card. He's saying, if you're willing to do that, if you're willing to engage in the pursuit of a righteousness that is beyond a punch card, that is beyond the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, then the result is healthy relationships. Then the result is wholeness in the relationships that we carry around with us every single day. But if we get it wrong if we hang out and just continue to punch the card over and over and over again with different righteous acts without ever really engaging the source of who we are and our decision-making and be shaped and formed in the character of Christ, if we get it wrong, if we get it wrong, then the result is broken relationships and a cycle that just goes over and over and over again. And our relationships are never whole and we're never really healthy. So this morning, we battle. We battle for whole and healthy relationships. We battle against anger and we take this righteousness and we say, all right, all right, I am willing to pursue battling for whole relationships. I wanna be healthy. In the text, it's gonna just say this. you know what? Healthy relationships release anger instead of holding on to it. Healthy relationships release anger instead of holding on to it. Look, look at the text with me in verse 21 and 22. I mean, it's kind of like a, a Jesus is, is aiming at the heart. He's, he's driving us to the core. You've heard that it was said to the people long ago, don't, don't murder. Anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. How many of us have a murdering problem? one, okay? We'll talk afterwards. Right? Most of us don't have a murdering problem, but we might have an anger problem. In verse 22, he says, anyone, uh, I tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. Now, in the construction of the verse in verse 22, he, when he says, uh, anyone who is angry, he, he's using, uh, this is very technical, okay, but he's using a present tense participle, which just means this, which just means this. He's saying, for those of you that have a tendency to hold on to your anger, this is the result. The result will be Judgment. I tell you that anyone who is angry, the idea is continues to be angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. How many of you uh, in the internal courses of your life, it flows through your veins and you have a really hard time just letting go of your anger? And Jesus, quite frankly, is saying, hey, hey, if you want this kind of righteousness that pursues whole relationship, you got to let it go. You got to release anger before it judges you. And he says exactly where that kind of anger is going to end up. Uh, when we hold on to anger, it's only going to lead to broken relationships instead of healthy and whole ones. Notice what he says in the very uh, next couple of verses. He, he says, Anyone who says to his brother, Raka, it's an insult. He says it's answerable to Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin was like the supreme court of the day. He says you're going to have to stand before them and you're going to be answerable. But anger that you're holding on to and you won't let go of and that you're not releasing is going to result in you being contemptuous to other people. You are going to dehumanize. You're going to assassinate their character, if not out loud in your heart. He says those of you who say fool will be in dangers of the fire of hell and he's saying he's saying hey you can't let your anger have hold over you if you want to pursue healthy relationship you you have to release it before you stand judgment for it how many of you in the in the course of your married life you've been frustrated or sad or embarrassed or betrayed and you've allowed that emotion to build up in anger and then not only is it anger uh, but it it stays there and it boils and you begin to assassinate the person that you've married you begin to say in your mind if not uh, in your heart and out loud you, you begin to say things like oh you know i wish i'd have never married you and man, those scars run deep. And you begin, to, you begin to assassinate their character. And Jesus is saying, hey, hey, hold on. If that's the kind of anger that you're holding on to in the relationships that you have in this world, then there's judgment coming. I wonder, I wonder with you openly, what would it look like if we began to release our anger? What would, what would it mean? What would it begin to look like in our homes if we began to just simply let go of our anger? That we weren't going to hold on to that frustration or that sadness or the embarrassment or, 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 or the betrayal anymore. What, what would happen if we were to let go of the anger? What would happen in our church? What would happen in our church if people in our church who maybe, maybe you have a tendency not to agree with one another about something, maybe you don't agree with me about something, maybe there's a, a biblical disagreement that you have and you're frustrated and angry about it, I wonder what would happen if, if as As a community of people who are saying we desire the righteousness that is better than the Pharisees or the teachers of the law, the kind that transforms us from the inside out, if we were just as a community of people that want to follow Christ, if we were willing to say, I'm going to let that go, I'm going to let it go in pursuit of healthy whole relationships. I wonder what that would look like for you in your workplace if you were were to begin to say, I'm going to let go of the frustration. I'm going to let go. I'm going to release the anger that I have toward those other people. I'm not going to dehumanize them. I'm not going to assassinate their character because this righteousness is working its way from inside out. And I'm going to pursue healthy, whole relationship. Now, understand what I'm saying. Jesus is not making a new punch card. Jesus is not making a new law. As if somehow I can come to my relationships and say, not angry, not angry, not angry, I'm not angry, I'm not angry. Right? Hey, congratulations, you're not angry. But the point of this whole passage, the point of what Jesus is saying is not so that we can come to our relationships and say, Honey, aren't you proud of me? I'm not angry anymore. That's to miss the point entirely. Jesus is aiming at whole and healthy relationships. How many of you, if you go to get on a plane, go up to the ticket counter and say, "Uh, yes, sir, uh, ma'am, where are you heading? Well, I'm not heading to Hawaii today. "Uh, Okay. Well, can you tell me any more? Well, yes, I'm not heading to Paris either. Okay. Okay. You get what I'm saying here? You see, Jesus is not, uh, not saying it's enough just to come to our relationships in whatever capacity they might be and say, hey, guess what? I'm not angry. When we come up to the ticket counter and we say, hey, I'm heading to New York. Everybody already knows that I'm not heading to Paris and I'm not heading to Hawaii and I'm not heading any ten other places. You see, what Jesus is saying is, aim your life at healthy and whole relationships, and you'll find that in the end, anger is not an issue. So it's not enough for us to try and punch a card and say, I'm not angry. Jesus is saying, what I'm aiming at is healthy and whole relationships. And when we pursue that kind of invitation toward healthy relationships, uh, we'll find that healthy relationships will take the initiative. Uh, Notice what he says in the text. He says in uh, verse 23 and 24, 25. So if you're offering your gift at the altar, he gives two illustrations. He says if you're offering your gift at the altar and then remember that your brother has something against you, right? Right? You've been shaped, you've been molded, you're recognizing your own anger, and then you begin to recognize well, maybe there's a spur in this relationship over here. I'm going to pursue that. He says, He says, Leave your gift in front of the altar, go reconcile yourself to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Settle matters quickly with your adversary. He's taking you to court. In, in, in two verses, he gives five commands. And it all says, take the initiative. When you're being shaped and molded into this righteousness uh, that Jesus is talking about, you take it upon yourself to pursue a whole relationship. And that, that pursuit means that you're, you're releasing anger. You're not holding on to it. But it also means that you're one to take the initiative to pursue the reconcile with pain. He says if you're at the altar, if you're at the church service and, and you're, you're taking communion... Or or, or if you're at the supermarket and you're about ready to check out. If if someone has something against you and and before you get there, will, will you please just try and reconcile your pain so that whole relationships will result? Five times. This floored me. Five times. He uses a command in these verses to say, Hey, gang. When you're angry, when you're frustrated, when you're embarrassed, when you're mad, when you're sad, when you feel like your relationship has been destroyed, will you release that and then will you take the initiative to seek out, reconcile from pain? It was interesting this week, I had a a student in my office, she was doing some work for me, And I was working through this thought, and I just asked her this offhand question. I said, hey, Millie, what makes you angry? Right away, she knew. She goes, oh, it makes me so angry when someone in my class begins to talk as if they know everything. Whoa, whoa. I was surprised at how close the anger was to the surface of her life. So I began to probe a little deeper. I said, oh, okay. I said, does this person happen to be in our Gospels class? Yes. Once I figured out who the person was, I said, Millie, what are you going to do about it now? I walked her through this entire passage and I said, I don't know, Millie. I'll let the Lord convict you. But it seems to me like you got to take the initiative. What happens to your marriage when you make a commitment in the righteousness of God to say, I'm going to pursue at all costs a healthy and whole relationship? What happens with your work relationship, with the people that you happen to be really frustrated with today? When you begin to say, I'm going to pursue healthy and whole relationship, I will take the initiative to reconcile. What happens to your friendships? When you're so transparent with your friends, the people that you enjoy being around. When you begin to take the initiative and say, you know what, I was sad about this. I know it's silly, but it was. And I'm sorry. Uh, What happens as a community when we begin to take the initiative and say, I want reconcile. I want healing in the midst of pain. Because here's the deal game. Healthy relationships provide healing in the midst of pain. Healthy relationships will provide healing in the midst of pain. But in order to get there, you've got to release your anger, and you have to be willing to take the initiative. Dan said it earlier. I've not always been one to be able to stay away from being angry. And I'm I'm being as straight up with you as I can be. This passage, man, it's... (laughs) there was, I think, a bullseye right between my eyes. There was a colleague at work, and I wanted something really bad, but it was his decision to make. And when he made a decision that I didn't like, I was frustrated. And that frustration boiled over into anger. And I went into his office, and I sat down, and I was furious. I was angry. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't care about the relationship in the midst of my anger. I just wanted what I wanted when I wanted it. This week, now, we had worked through a lot of that. But this week, as I looked at this, oh I was shamed and I, I just oh I I couldn't hold the tears back. And so I walked over to my colleague's office and I said, Hey Andy, can we talk for a couple minutes? I said, Andy, I've been working through this. I said, it becomes apparent to me that I need to tell you some things. I said, do you remember when we had that disagreement? I said, I was angry. I was really angry. And I just want you to know, I'm sorry. I was wrong to put what I wanted before the relationship. And I hope that we can heal. I hope that we can mend, and I hope it's better later than it is now. King Jesus is saying, if we pursue healthy relationships, He will provide healing for pain. Are you ready? Are you ready to be changed from the inside out? Let's pray. Gracious God, I thank you for your goodness, your word. It strikes us. It, uh, it hits us in ways that are hard. We didn't anticipate. And yet, Father, I pray that all those who would call themselves followers of Jesus, that there would be a righteous life That pursues wholeness and healthy relationship. Help all of us to release our anger. Help us to let go of the frustration, of the sadness, of the embarrassment, of the betrayal. Help us to be transformed in that. And then, whatever needs healing, Lord, help us to take the initiative. I don't know how all that's going to work. But we give it to your hands, and we pray that you will live in us and transform us, shape us from the inside out. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name.